Hi, I'm Juan Galloway. And I'm Tracy Galloway. Welcome to our podcast, 36 Questions. This is an unscripted show where we candidly and spontaneously answer 36 questions that lead to love. These 36 questions were invented by psychologist Arthur Aaron, who created this exercise to help people be vulnerable in order to foster closeness and intimacy. We have been married since 1992 and have four awesome grown children together. We have both been in Christian leadership for over 30 years. We have been youth pastors, church planters, lead pastors, ministry school directors, nonprofit leaders, and are now missionaries. Yes, we are missionaries with youth with a mission. YWAM, the largest missions organization in the world, and are following our call to know God and make him known to the nations. You know, our hope is that as we dig deep into each other's lives, that you will be inspired to do the same. Let's dive in. All right, here we are. 36 questions back on the air or on the internet, something like that. Yep. Question number 35. Yes. We're almost done. Hard to yeah. believe. Yeah, and a lot has happened uh, since, during some of these episodes. We've been traveling around the world. Uh, we've been to a lot of places. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, right now at this recording, it is actually 2023. Yes. In November, November 1st, 1st. Our 31st anniversary. Happy anniversary, honey. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you so much. Tonight we're going out for a nice dinner. That's right. Yes, it'll be very nice. Oh, you're gonna drink your coffee. So if you hear some slurping, I tried to be very quiet as I sipped it silently. He's so excited because you don't know this, but he decided to cut out caffeine. (laughs) And if you know Juan, we like live for coffee. I mean, we're more than any. We used to have a house back in the 1990s. And we had a room that was called the coffee room and we painted it a coffee color. (laughs) We had coffee cups hanging on the, it was a shrine to coffee. Yeah. Instead of drapes, (laughs) we had coffee cups hanging where you normally have drapes on the curtain rods. Yeah. And then you put up a shelf around the top for more coffee cups because you like collected coffee cups, all different kinds. And then we had those big burlap coffee bags that they ship beans in like from Colombia. Yeah. And we stuffed it with paper. So it looked like it was full of coffee. And we had two swivel chairs where we'd sit and drink our coffee. And that was our coffee room. Mm -hmm. And so for you to say, I'm not going to uh, have caffeinated coffee anymore. Well, first I just quit coffee, but then I was like, well, I was, I was like, maybe I'll have decaf. I'll just, so I can at least drink something hot. Yeah. Cause you like the cozy ritual of doing it. Yeah, and it was like, I don't know, how long did I do it, a month? I feel like it was longer than a month. It was a while. But tell tell everybody why you decided to stop drinking caffeine. Well, tell them. I, I, was, I was afraid that as we traveled together and we're together all the time, that I was sometimes too intense. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we teach a lot on uh, Jesus's um, teaching which he says, learn from me from gentle and humble in heart. And I was like, how can I? Wait, hold on. Let me stop you there. Okay. So when he teaches on this, y'all, he gets a Sharpie marker and he writes gentle on one forearm 
and humble on the other forearm and holds his arms up like he's being crucified just to be gentle and humble to be like jesus yeah this is the knockout punch punch uh to to fight against um you know being um self-absorbed not not loving if you're not loving if you can't love well you have to learn from jesus to be gentle and humble that's what he said and so that's why I'd write it like this is how to conquer, you know, and, and, and break through. So anyway, I decided to dial back the caffeine level <laughs> in order to mellow out a little. Because be it was sweeter and kinder and gentler. Because it wasn't just ca- caffeine. Especially to my wife. No, you're, you're always pretty great, but you were getting really intense. And I particularly remember two meetings we had with people we didn't know very well where you, we were at a coffee shop, and you, unbeknownst to me, asked for an extra shot in your triple shot coffee to get like a fourth quadruple shot coffee. Well, I did do a few times four, and you said I was acting crazy, so I dialed back to three. Yeah, but even with the three, we sat down to that meeting, and you were acting like a crazy person, talking like a... I mean, they must have thought you were on speed, and I was like, oh my god what you're acting crazy and it was the caffeine yeah and it was yeah. really embarrassing yeah so oh my god so then i i that was in I, paris so I and i would always say if people ask what's your favorite food or something like that i'd be like well it's coffee even though i don't think coffee's food it's like that's my favorite thing <laughs> um but anyway i i yeah i took a break from coffee for a month and i thought you were gonna go long longer term but it seems like you just went back, I, what, three days ago? Back to the, you're back on the juice. Yes. <laughs> yes. I call it Christian crank or Christian crack, something like that. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, I just, uh, I missed coffee a lot. Number one, <laughs> just for the record, decaf, it doesn't taste as good as regular coffee. I researched it online. I was like, why does this not taste as good? And where can I find the best one? And because I tried a whole bunch, mm-hmm. I didn't taste very good. So that was unsatisfying. And then, of course, helping to wake up in the morning. Who loves it? You know, who doesn't love a good cup of coffee? I was hoping you'd do like half calf or just caffeinating in the morning and the afternoon decaf or... Well, I don't know. It's it's a work in progress, but I'm back on the coffee and I'm loving life. I have to say, (laughs) it's so good. I'm like, I missed you, you know? It's like your your, your your mistress, your coffee mistress. I don't know. Well, she's good to me. Yeah. Well, we've been in a lot of places this year. We started out in um, Kona, Hawaii, uh, at the Youth with a Mission University of Nations in campus. December, you mean? Mm-hmm. And then we uh, we were in, uh, I guess, Oregon. No, Washington State. And then California, Northern California. We visited some YWAM bases yeah, there. Yeah, YWAM San Francisco, YWAM but, Santa Cruz. But really, January and when then, we kicked off our world tour yeah. <laughs> missionary work. And then we were, we trained the staff in Kona, yeah. just staff training. And then we went to Samoa, which is an Island. It's literally like a 12 hour flight from LA. It's way out in the Pacific. Right. So we went to Samoa, then New Zealand for two months. Cause there's two islands, really big islands. Right. And, and we, we purchased a little car to sell when we leave. So that way... Well, we couldn't get a rent-a-car. There were none available because it was a flood. Anyway, that's a long story. <laughs> we probably talked about it in a past uh, podcast. But, oh, yeah. So we're at four, um, four YWAM bases so, yeah, in New yeah. Zealand, North Island and South Island. And then we came back through Kona to do a training for a couple weeks. Train the staff for, again. Yeah. 
And then um, we went to Cyprus, which we had never been to before. We stopped in Florida to see my parents. Yeah, we stopped along the way. See family and, and your sister. And then we went to Cyprus, which is right off the coast of uh, Turkey and Syria. Yeah. And we were there because there was a big earthquake in Turkey this year in Syria. And we I know there's a refugee population accumulating in Cyprus. And I wanted to see how the refugee situation was was there and if we needed to send teams out there what was happening so we were there to do that we worked with some refugees in a church it went really well and then we headed to hungary budapest it's yes. not budapest it's budapest say it right we, we learned <laughs> things along the way and um we we i mean we worked with uh some of the staff in budapest but we were really there to speak at a big Central European conference. But I have to say the base in Budapest was pretty cool. They're in an oh, amazing awesome. area. Best coffee shop in the city. Best coffee shop in YWAM that I've seen so far. Well, besides Kona. Kona's pretty great. But yeah. It's up there with that one. Yeah. 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 And so then we did the Central European conference, which which had like 16 different countries. Yeah. And many there. of them from Eastern Europe, actually. So really did a training awesome to meet workshop. all those people. Yeah, and then from there we flew into Italy. Yes, and uh, that's where you turned fifty. Yeah, I turned, <laughs> while we were there. That's right. And worked uh, with uh, YWAM Pisa. Yeah. YWAM Trentino was yes. more of a visit. Yeah, um, but we got a lot done there. And, yeah, uh, and then up to Germany, um, working with uh, Herlock Castle. Yes. Big castle, which was cool. Great base. And then we made our way to Spain for the first time. Never been there. Yeah, northern Spain to, uh, what was it called? The um, city. Bilbao. Bilbao. In the Basque region. Yes. Country. Whatever. Yes, and our son, our son Connor was with us for yeah. the summer, so he did a lot of traveling. That was awesome. And then the cool thing was from there, we flew to Romania. Mm. And uh, we stayed at YWAM Cluj ESL, which is basically just an hour from the Ukraine border. And they're doing yeah. a ton of Ukrainian refugee work. They also work with Homes of Hope, building homes. Our mm -hmm. son built a home. We worked mm -hmm. with refugees. Yeah. Taught drama outreach, taught women's ministry, taught all kinds of stuff. We, we cooked for 90 <laughs> Ukrainians like uh, many days yeah. and, and ate with them. I learned how to make schnitzel. Oh, that's right. We did. That was fun. A lot of pounding of yeah. the schnitzel. Boy, did we pound out. I I don't know how many pounds of meat we were pounding out, but it was a lot. We pounded of meat. for like an hour. My my biceps were no seriously. Bulging. My arms were sore. <laughs> That's crazy. And then um, uh, after that, from Scotland, then, then down to we, England. Uh, yeah, was, and then we we ministered at several bases in England, and then we headed up to Finland, which was your first time to Finland, and um, it was my second time. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Two different bases in Finland. Uh, we did make our way eventually back down to Spain. I think that was, was that after Norway? Yeah, I, no, we went to Norway next. In Norway. And Norway was amazing. Yeah, why we am, um... Rugeland. Rugeland. Wow, they're right on the ocean, and they do a cool um, sports DTS. Yeah, it was wind and waves. Wind and waves, they do like kite surfing. They're right surf. on the beach. Yeah, but it's cold. Well, they wear wetsuits. Yeah, but, but they're beautiful. kite surfing. Kite surfing at YWAM. Yeah, but they, I, I think their facilities probably the best I've stayed at so well, far. It's right on the water. Every every place, every room in that building has a beautiful view. So and a bathroom because so it's neat. um it's like an old. It was a Christian retreat center yeah. that they were able to yeah. acquire. Cool. So and the, then, we, uh, we did go to southern Spain, I think, next. after Norway, yeah. and that was on the southern coast, mm -hmm. which is 
Awesome. Costa Tropical. And, you know, that was tempting because the cost <laughs> of living there, cheap. oh my gosh. You can live in Spain for really cheap, at least southern Spain. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah, beautiful area, beautiful people. And they're doing amazing. You yeah, know. great children's ministry so and cool. outreach. Love it. And then back we, to Scotland. Well, we actually went back to England. Oh, yeah, England. Again. King's <laughs> and, Yep, and then drove up to Scotland to minister. That's right. Um, on the west coast there. And, and the King's and, Lodge is where I got COVID. Yeah, that was, and I got it too. Thanks for thanks for that gift, oh, sharing that with me. Oh, my gosh. I'm so <laughs> sick. Ugh. The worst. And then... Uh, yeah, then uh, YWAM Seamill, which is on the coast of Scotland, and then YWAM Paisley. Yeah, and both of those are kind of like small castles. Those buildings, really old and Big cool. manor houses, yeah. really cool, yeah. really great Huge. people. Boy, that Scottish accent, that's my favorite. Yeah. Love it. So good, so good. And yeah, and then uh, because I was still sick, I was kind of hoping after that we'd go to Israel and then Turkey, but there's the war in Israel, so that's not yeah. happening. So we've been praying about for, for the people there. And then um, Turkey, I was just so sick that we had a friend who offered us a place to stay here in North Carolina. So mm -hmm. here we just landed here last week, and I've been recovering. Just the fact I can talk without coughing. It's kind of a miracle right now. Yeah, yeah. A lot of breathing problems and coughing, so. And then you're working remotely. And uh, yeah, we're here for a couple of weeks to get some office work done. And then we're off again. Yes. So it's great, great to be back with you guys and to be wrapping up this uh, podcast series. And right now we're on question 35. Yeah. And this is... Um, this is an interesting one. It's, get this, Mambo, of all the people in your family, mm -hmm. whose death would you find most disturbing and why? By the way, yesterday was Halloween, so this kind of makes me think of that. <laughs> like, it's kind of a creepy question. Like, oh. yeah. Well, and this is kind of a weird question because that's, sorry, that's the refrigerator and this place we're staying going oh, off oh yeah Sorry. ignore the refrigerator that's just ambiance yes 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 <laughs> um who's whose death do i want no <laughs> i can't say who i no. want <laughs> who's of all the people in your family whose death would you find most disturbing and why oh most disturbing kind of a creepy question because obviously we love all our family and it would be disturbing no matter who dies okay mm. but because we have four kids, we have grandchildren. Oh, oh God, this is a horrible question. Why do they have this? As the it's like second to the last question. It's so dark. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Um, but well, it's getting deeper and deeper, supposedly, and yeah. so this is a deep question. Okay. Obviously, I mean death. <laughs> hmm. All right. Oh gosh, I mean, I would find any of my four children's death so deeply disturbing i don't know how i could even fathom it or handle it so i so i would say all of my kids but um i can't choose just one i mean how could i choose one be more right. disturbing than another yeah all it, would be disturbed so equally disturbing. horrifying yeah so i i'm not even gonna go there with the kids because that's just too dark for me mm -hmm. but i guess i think it would actually be you because I don't know what I would do without yeah, you. Yeah, you wouldn't know any of the passwords to, like, <laughs> I, 
I'm a holder of the passwords for everything in the world, like hundreds of whatever. I know. Who would fix my internet problems, <laughs> my cell phone problems? It's all about the, your convenience. The Netflix problems. Yeah, right. All the different, yeah, all the passwords and all the... No IT. Any, yeah, who's going to do my IT if you were gone? No. I think for me, it would just be really hard to... Um, Yeah, it'd be hard. it would be hard to function without you because you do so much. I think you'd figure it out. I mean, you're capable. It's just we have our roles that we serve each other. Yeah. You know, and if that person's not there, that mm-hmm. kind of doubles your life responsibilities in a way, right? <sighs> to take care of everything. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't know. And then and then yeah, I don't know. I got you for sure. And you'd be crying yourself to sleep every night because you miss me. You <laughs> forgot that part, by the way. Oh, I'm yeah. coaching you. Uh, yeah. Uh, right, um, right. Sure. Now you're all about you know, <laughs> who's gonna take care of. <laughs> oh, who's gonna take taxes care of... <laughs> or something? <laughs> Great. Thanks a lot, honey. Happy anniversary, honey. <laughs> um, yeah. It's I... hard to really go there in my mind to imagine. You know, like, I have thought of it before, but then I quickly stop because I'm like, it's too terrible. I can't imagine well, being alone. I mean, if you're married, the truth is, no matter what, unless there's a 1% chance you die together in some horrific accident, yeah. really, yeah. one of you is going to go. Yeah, and so one of you is going to experience losing not the having one. the other one. Yeah. So. It's, and everybody has to go through that eventually who is married, right? Or at least one of them. So it's pretty common for right. people have to go through this, but it just sounds... Just like I just wouldn't know how to handle it. It would be kind of lonely to not have super lonely because you and I talk to each other all all day, every day. Oh my god, we're just talking, talking, talking about not all married couples do this, but we do. We just sit and talk. Well, we work with each other now, so we are together 24 7. Yeah, but we talk in in one room usually over coffee. We talk at night, we talk about work, we talk about everything all the time. So to not have you to talk to. I think I'd go crazy. I'd have to just talk to so maybe a teddy you, bear. Yeah, so maybe you you would, no, maybe you would like try to get out a lot or have people over or just like just to have people to talk to. Well, more. I think I would probably live on a YWAM base. Yeah. And then that way I could be around people so I wouldn't get too lonely. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good plan. Mhm. Um Well, hmm. Well, we, you Anything know, else you want to say about that? No, that's all. But we do need to do our book yeah. review. So let's do our book review, and then we'll ask you the question. Okay? All right. All right. All right. So this week, this podcast episode, we are going to suggest a book published by YWAM Publishing. Mm-hmm. And it has been around a long time, but we've never read it before, and it's really good. It's called Living on the Door- Devil's Doorstep from Kabul to Amsterdam. And it's by a guy named Floyd McClung. Yeah, we've been reading this in our devotionals because every morning we sit and do devotionals together where we read one chapter of a book. We read a, um, a chapter or two of the Bible. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. And then we like pray and do other stuff you know we do time of listening to god right. listening to his voice and we share what god's showing us 
anyway, point being, this is our book we're reading right now. We haven't even finished it yet. We're probably half in, like, or maybe a little further than half through. But it's so good. The story, True story. is great. Yeah, of a missionary couple and then family with kids that talk about extreme circumstances. <laughs> I mean, first of all, they're kind of like, in the beginning, conservative white American people. You know, church-going people with short hair and, well, the guy, and Floyd, anyway. <laughs> and um, But then they feel called to minister to these. And this is in the 70s, by the way. Mm. 73, 70 to, I don't know. That's the year I was born. Yeah, I was born in uh, 70. So they were, there was hippies on this trail um, from like Afghanistan to India. Mm -hmm. And along this trail were all these cities and places in the Middle East where it was easy to get drugs. And these hippies were out there getting high and um, getting absorbed in Eastern mysticism and religions. Well, they were kind of on their way from Europe to India. And going through the Middle East was part of that journey because yeah. India was like the mecca of like all of that, you know, Hindu and yeah. New Age stuff. Yeah. So I think originally they were going to go to India, but along the way they got to Kabul and they ran they, out of money or were so drugged up that they couldn't even travel anymore or sick. They're ill. Yeah. And so there are all these hippies in uh, Afghanistan, right? Yeah. And this is like, it's hot and it's. You know, we're talking desert. It's funky. And this town, Kabul, has these ramshackle hotel rooms, which are, you, you wouldn't call it a modern hotel. You just call it like a room with a cot on the floor. And there'd be all these, you know, burned out hippies, like overdosing and just miserable. And, and so this guy, Floyd McClung, and his wife, Sally, went there and they connected so much with these young people. He started growing out his hair, wearing hippie shirts, mm -hmm. and just to connect with them, you mm -hmm. know, and not look like what the hippies didn't like, which was conservative, mm -hmm. um, you know, like American, kind of what they were running from right. in America, like materialism and whatever. And so Floyd kind of looked like a hippie now. and um, They started uh, like a tea shop kind of thing or thing. Yeah, They're chai tea. Chai tea, and they were hanging out with people, just relationship evangelism, uh, loving on people. And then some of them they would invite to live with them and then yeah. mentor them and disciple them as they came to know the Lord, became Christians. And they started a clinic to help care for these very sickly Hippies. Yeah, like a medical clinic or detox yeah. things. So anyway, so it's, it's a it's a good story. Um, but then I think the cool part that I like more recently is they moved to Amsterdam. And YWAM Amsterdam is one of the larger Youth with a Mission campuses globally. And he, he and his wife started it. And they started out on one of those boats that are in the canal in Amsterdam. And living on the canal and what that was like. And yeah, they the, had a coffee shop there and reaching it, out to people. Yeah. And there's a whole red light district and all oh, the prostitution yeah. Yeah. and a lot of Satanists and all kinds of ministry Crazy. they were doing. And all these great stories. And I, I just related so much to it because you and I have done outreach and evangelism in cities around the world, uh, mostly in England and Ireland and things like that, but in different cities and countries around the world but we were in Amsterdam last year mm -hmm. and I just totally relate to doing evangelism in a city environment like that and um, how, how open people can be you know I just saw on Instagram today um, your friend uh, who's the guy that's riding your motorcycle 
Oh, Frenchie. Yeah, Frenchie. So Frenchie had this Halloween outreach last night. <laughs> and he was dressed in military garb. And they had 300 Bibles. And they had like 100 young people. And they were going around and giving out free Bibles to people. Um, I don't know if they're going door. I think they went door to door. Because you're allowed to knock so on the door Halloween. So instead of taking candy from them, they were giving them something. <laughs> yeah, but they were telling them like, you know, actually... This, uh, it was originally a Christian holiday, you know, uh -huh. and it was celebrating, you know, Martin Luther and the, the word of God being printed. And so we want to give you, the, you know, like then they witnessed to people and they said over 300 people prayed and gave their life to Jesus wow. last night. Wow. I know. It was so cool. Anyway, why did I say that? Oh, just evangelism. I just love evangelism yeah. and reaching because pe people are afraid, but there's nothing to be afraid of. I remember before I was a Christian. I would I would have totally listened and been open and and I was and yeah. I did give my life to the Lord yeah, yeah. but I know what it's like to be a pre-Christian and and there's no reason why you shouldn't share with somebody the gospel because well, they're totally open usually yeah and the reason the book is called living on the devil's doorstep um specifically when they were in Amsterdam and doing all this ministry off the boats and all that they felt like they needed to move more into the community to really know the people and to make them neighbors and love them. And so they went into the red light district where women were in, prostitutes were in windows naked yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So really bad. And they found a building for sale right in between a Satanist church and a, a porno theater. I know. And so they bought that building and they rehabbed it and they moved into it. Yeah. With their children. Oh, my gosh. And they didn't take this lightly. They tell the story. Yeah. They really prayed this through. Right. Um, because, you And know, their team. They and, had, you know, yeah, the they had a team there. of people. But, but you know, we, I was there recently, and mm. it, it's called the, the Cleft. Yeah, it's called the Cleft. We, we yeah. saw the and, outreach center. And even though it is right there by or in the red light district, I feel like their little block mm -hmm. is pretty clean and nice right now. And I feel like yeah. it's a result of them being there for the past Yeah, it didn't look years, like what they described years, from back years. in the 70s. It yeah, was much it looks, nicer. Yeah. But we did also, but you and I did not go down that bad street no, where they we had the windows and all that. We didn't go. So, so fortunately, we protected ourselves from that. <laughs> we didn't want to see that because it's so sad. But YWAM is still there ministering um, to that community mm. today. So pretty yeah. cool. So it's a great book. What's the name of it again? Living on the Devil's Doorstep. You can get it on Amazon. Yeah, by Floyd McClung. Great story. I love stories of missionaries. I think they're yeah. so exciting and interesting. And this is way up there. It stretches your faith. When you read what they were willing to do, it's like, well, come on. Yeah. I can do something. And I feel like everything he talked about in that book, it really applies to today. Mm -hmm. uh, all the issues of the people in Amsterdam with drugs, prostitution, all yeah. the different things. It's very current everywhere. I mean, it was mostly just in Amsterdam in that time period. But now the problems they dealt with, the situations they were in, it's in every city in the world yeah. uh, now. And I so I felt true. like it was really applicable and really interesting to see how they handled that well. Yeah, it's a page turner. <laughs> <laughs> so please uh, take take a look at that. You'll enjoy it. Yep. Okay, so let's get back to our question here, 35. Okay, so I'll read it. Where is it? 35. Okay. Of all the people in your family, Juan Galloway, mm. whose death would you find most disturbing and why? Okay, so I was going to say you, but when we were talking, I realized that 
our two-year-old granddaughter. Mm. If she died, mm. I think... I, I, I think that might be the most disturbing person that could die in our family mm. because she is so... She's two years old. She's so full of life. She's so beautiful. She's so fun. And she's starting to talk and sing and all this stuff. And it would be so devastating. I mean, of course, I'd be devastated with any of this, of any of the family died. But if you died, I'd know you lived a good life. Right. You, you, you experienced so many good things and did so many good things. But for her to lose the chance to live a good life, that would kill me. Mm. Makes me want to cry thinking about it. I know you're kind of welling up right yeah, now. Yeah, I think it's the coffee. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, and now we have another granddaughter on the way, of course, mm. um, coming in around Christmas time. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just think, oh, that that would be just hard to get over, hard to deal with. I don't know what I would do. I think I'd go to see a counselor, get some therapy, and ask everyone to pray for me, and just, I, I how how do you get through? And and I'd feel so bad for our daughter, our daughter and, and our, our son-in-law. Son-in-law. I, I I just, yeah. And, and people do go through these tragedies. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, so. a lot of people lose people that it's just shocking, right? Yeah. And um, it's hard to you don't. I don't think you ever do get over it. I think you just go through it and impress on it's with easier life. over time. I don't know if it does get easier over time. Well, maybe the acuteness of the pain. I don't know. Um, I don't think we've ever lost anybody. Just grandparents. Yeah. Right? Just, in our family. Just grandparents. Yeah. So we haven't our parents had are any. All alive. Ma- yeah. And all of my cousins and yeah. siblings. They're oh, all no. alive. Right? I did have a sibling. Oh, that's lost. true. Yeah. That was so hard. So, yeah, I, I feel, yeah, this is the saddest question <laughs> ever. Sorry it, to bum you guys out. And it's our anniversary. So I think after we're done with this episode, we should go right into the final question and wrap up the whole 36 questions for sure. Well, it's okay to talk about hard things, dark things. Um, it's how you get to know each other better. And that's the whole point of the show. And the questions is to get to know each other better and to mm-hmm. understand what makes people tick. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think in, I just think a lot of life people keep each other at arm's length and they, they're not vulnerable. They protect their emotions. They protect, they, everything is to present how people perceive me, not to be authentic and real. Mm. And um, I don't think we try to do that, but I think in this day and age, people have to protect themselves sometimes because there's so much people to disparage you or cancel you or look down on you. And, and people get into this performance trap so we need to be authentic. We need to be vulnerable and real, especially with those closest to us. Like, yeah. Like you're married to somebody. Right. So, yeah. I, I don't have anything to say. I don't know why you're looking at me. I just I'm... wanted to see who would talk first with that awkward pause. <laughs> And I obviously won that game. But you didn't even know we were playing a game. So no. It wasn't fair. <laughs> oh, you're making me cough. Sorry about that. That's okay. Well, I guess that's the end of episode 35. And we have one more to go. Last episode. Woo-hoo. But don't worry. Don't worry, listeners. 
we're, we're dreaming up a new podcast for the future. <laughs> we are. We are. We're dreaming up a new podcast. I think it'll have a little more to do with work than just... Well, it'll be really about leadership, yeah. which is what we spend most of our time dealing with. It's training, what we teach on. Equipping. Yeah. It'll be more yeah. on leadership. So yeah. that'll be coming out uh, once we figure out what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> but I think it'll be spontaneous just like this one because... I can't script something and read a script. To me, that's just so, uh, it takes so much effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we're not having fun, you know. Who wants to do it? I don't want to do it. It's all about having fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, this is a question I usually say at the end. You could ask your family and your friends to draw close, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you should ask you this one. You could talk to a friend about it. I guess. Or if you're dating somebody. Yeah. I guess. I guess you can. But you better warn them ahead of time so they don't think you're crazy. Talking about, <laughs> talking about death. Or, or someone dying. Yeah, it's always kind of a t- taboo, right? People don't want to talk about death. But I got to tell you this. Every single listener right now, none of you are getting out alive. We're all going to die. And so prepare I guess. Prepare yourself. Yeah, I guess prepare yourself. And... Uh, <laughs> I think maybe, yeah, maybe we should be more comfortable talking about death because it's such a reality for every single person on earth. So there you go. Well, every, every time things aren't going well on earth, I'm like, I'm ready, Jesus. <laughs> Take me to heaven. <laughs> What's that TV show from the 1970s with the, I'm coming, whatever, and that old oh, guy in his uh... chair. And he'd hold us a hand up and hold his heart um, and be like, I'm coming. Sanford and Son. Yeah. That's right. And he's telling his wife. Elizabeth. I'm coming, Elizabeth. I'm coming. Oh, yeah. Like whenever he's having a hard time. Yeah, he, he, would, he would fake a heart attack to get his way. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, Good well, show. All right. All right. Well, have a great day and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.